Hey everyone, John Crowley, The Wandering Alchemist here, just to let you know that there are some audio problems with this show. For the first half of the patron-only version, and for the entirety of the preview version, there are some pops and crackles that begin a few minutes into the episode and only get worse as it progresses. The second half of the show for you patron users will be completely clear of these, and we believe it was a wiring problem that caused it. Hopefully it will never happen again, but for today's episode I do apologize. And for those patrons out there who are listening, you can skip ahead to about the 26 minute mark to ignore the first half of the show and all those problems if they're bothering you. That's where we pick up the second half of the show and those problems disappear. But thank you all for listening and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to episode number five of DN Donuts and our last episode titled and Donuts coming up this week, or rather last week as you listen to this, will be a poll on Twitter for you guys to vote for the actual title of this show, which will fit better since we lack donuts. Yes. Again, I said I could rectify that. I just want to make that clear for the internet <laughs> that I said I would bring donuts. That was... But since we named the show as a, that was like, out. <laughs> a morning after game talk, and it has not been that since episode one. Correct. (laughs) We're going to change the title to something more appropriate. Yes, we have some good ideas, I think. Yeah. And we'll let you guys pick which idea is the best idea, like we did with Untamed Dice. Indeed. Um, I am John Crowley, the Wandering Alchemist. You can find me at 42nd Alchemist on Twitter. And I am Erin, and you can find me at Untamed Scribe on Twitter. And welcome. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about two major things. The cipher system and alignments. Uh, For the free portion of this, we will talk about the cipher system and how it works a little bit. Because we recently played it. And the Kickstarter world books are starting to come out. So a lot more people should be playing cipher now. Because they have the strange... Numenera, uh, Gods of the Fall is out, and then you got Predation and the superhero one that I can't remember the name of. But it's the superhero one. Yeah. Uh, Those will be out (laughs) later. After that, um, we'll get to the patron portion of the show where we talk about what we did in our test run cipher, which was Gods of the Fall. And we will also talk about alignments. Yes. And... That's pretty much all we'll talk about. Alignments, there's a lot to talk about. I, I would say yes, a decent amount there, <laughs> for sure. <clears throat> um, so yeah, let's start with Cypher. Okay. So, Cypher is a... I really like Cypher. I do as well. I like how simple it is. It's and, very simple. And it's very straightforward. Yes, I also like the fact that it can be used for different genres. That's awesome. So Cypher, if you haven't seen it, is a universal system. Uh, If you get the core book, it has suggestions to use it for modern games, horror games, superhero games, fantasy games. Oh, it's great. (laughs) A ton in there. A ton in there. And the mechanics are really easy. Um, You roll a d20 and compare it to whatever the GM says the difficulty of your task is, um, which is adjusted by whether or not you have certain items, uh, whether you're trained in skills, 
or something else to help you out changes mm-hmm. the difficulty, and you just roll d20 against the number. Generally speaking, there's no adding. Yeah, generally speaking, there's not, yeah. Just rolling one die and calling it a day. Yes. <laughs> you either fail or you succeed. Yes. <laughs> um, and the GM doesn't roll. Which is interesting. It. It's different. Yeah. I'm not used to it. I tried to roll a few times. That happened to me <laughs> in Monster of the no Week. Dice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I'm not doing that. Yep. Um, instead, the player rolls their attack and their defense on everything they do. Um, and your resource in everything you do, abilities and survival, come from three pools. Uh, might, speed, and intellect, which is also really cool. I like that, actually. Um, and makes for some interesting strategic choices when using your abilities. Definitely. Or choosing not to use your <laughs> abilities. Um, you can also use it to put effort into a role, which decreases the skill level that you need to, or rather the skill check you need to make. Which... I did do quite often in the game, mm-hmm. and despite the fact that I was lowering my pool, I enjoyed it because it was easier to potentially hit and do what I wanted to do, and on top of that, I did extra damage <laughs> because I put effort into it, yes. which is great. And um, getting your pool back isn't that hard. No. No, it's not. And I actually really like the way you get your pool back. Um, so whenever you want to get your pool back... You have four different chances to do that. Yes. The first time during a day in-game, you do it. You roll a d6, and you add your tier, um, which is effectively what level you're playing at, though there aren't any actual levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can add that number to any number of pools you have depleted. That requires an action the first time. Then after that, you go to ten, ten minutes. Ten minutes of rest, then an hour... And 10 hours of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and the really interesting is thing is, you might not get back up to full. No. After all four of those, depending on how you roll and how depleted you were. So you can choose to do nothing the next day and do all of those again. Mm-hmm. Or you can keep pushing on. So it's a really cool... You, you can front load yourself with... Uh... <laughs> it's a really interesting give and take, because I... Didn't use a lot of my might. I did a lot of intellect-based mm-hmm. things. Um, so that was far more depleted. But I did use might at one point, I think, for something silly. And um, Getting hit? I, it might have been. If you it physically been. get hit, it's yep. definitely might. Um, and with the dice rolls and taking the action, I was able to actually put my might back up all the way and yep. put the rest into the... Intellect, which worked out really well, because mm-hmm. despite the fact that you can use those pools, the monsters do attack those as well. So, yes. so generally speaking, a physical attack is might. Um, occasionally, it would be against speed pool. Occasionally, um, that did come. And up. generally, magic attacks are against intellect. Mm-hmm. Um, but special abilities or poisons or something might target a specific pool. Um, a poison might. Target speed, for example. Right. Um, <clears throat> if any one of those pools gets depleted, you become... Uh, incapacitated. Incapacitated. If another one gets depleted, Think you take it. even more negatives and you become... Um, impaired? 
Or is that oh, the yes, other way? Oh, yes, the technical term. Impaired for one pool. Yeah. Debilitated for the second pool. Third pool, you're dead. Probably, <laughs> well, <bye>. probably <laughs> shouldn't reduce all three to zero. That's Definitely Sounds not. like a bad idea. Yeah. But that, I found that interesting, too, because, yes, you can use them, and I... I wasn't using them sparingly when I put the effort in because I really wanted to make it work, but it didn't it didn't hinder me as much as I thought I might because there's that flip side where if I go down to zero I'm I'm screwed. Yeah. So, but it worked out. It was really it was a lot of fun to do actually a lot of fun to play and it's a gamble really it's, either way. So that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, unlike you know a normal D and D game where it's this is what you have. You know what you have, good luck, where this, you you choose to use it or not. Yes. So, that was interesting to me. I like that a lot. And hope the monster and doesn't attack the one you're <laughs> <Yeah>. using. <laughs> let's, <clears throat> let's have a moment to make sure that I stay alive. Because <laughs> yep. in D&D, it always attacks your hit points. Yep. Always. Um, well, as a general rule. <laughs> yeah. And in order to figure out these pools and your abilities and stuff, you don't pick a class, really. Uh, oh. Instead, you define your character with a sentence, the very Mad Lib style. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a noun. Um, what is it specifically? It's on a the sheet? noun, adjective, and then a verb. So it's like I am a warrior that is humble, and I defend the weak. Yes. Something like that. I am a something. I'm a verb. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. I'm an adjective <laughs> noun that verbs. Yes. Is, is the way it works. So, your noun is your descriptor, which is the closest equivalent to class. Well, your noun is <clears throat> more of a type. Your your adjective is your descriptor. True, yeah. I will get these straight one day. It's fine. For those of you English majors, don't, ignore don't be me. too harsh. <laughs> Completely ignore me. <laughs> so, so, noun is more your type. So yes. like noun is precisely your type. Bard, savior. Yeah, I was Technically giving you a little. I was giving you a little like <laughs> so like warrior, bard, savior, that kind of thing. Um, and then. But for example, one of them is warrior in the book, but that could qualify you as a fighter, a knight, a soldier, yeah. a mercenary, um, anything, a yeah. cop. Uh, right. Detective. I mean, <laughs> depending on what genre you're in. <laughs> depending on basically what you want to be able to do, because right, the different right. ones are uh, warrior, explorer, speaker. Oh yeah, the um, shaper. You have this on. Mine. Yep. In Gods of the Fall, one is shaper, which is a slightly edited uh, adept, which is like your magic okay. version. Yeah. yeah. Um, and each one is a very general. Uh, way they go about things. So warrior, you're a very physical person. Adept, you're magical in some way. Explorer, you explore. <laughs> Speaker are your charismatic types. Yep. Um, and there's a whole list of abilities that you get to choose from to further flesh out what yeah. type of speaker you might be. Uh, in addition, there's flavors. Yes. Um, which includes stealth, magic, uh, technological, which... You could be, like, a magic warrior and have uh, access to certain abilities that normally come under, like, adept. Yes. And that's aside from your adjective, which is your descriptor. Yes, and the thing I liked about it 
you know, it's just this one one sentence, this is who your character is. So it's very defined, even though it's... Not. Even though it's not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was interesting about it, yeah. a lot. And, and definitely interesting to see the combinations that were, <laughs> that were and, brought and up. And the sentences you form tell, tell you a lot about your character already. Yes, yes they do. Um, and there's a whole list of descriptors that you can choose from, and each one of those grants you access to... Um, certain abilities throughout the tiers, and sometimes inabilities, mm, yes. um, <laughs> which we'll talk about when we get to the portion where we talk about our characters and what we played. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then you have your verb, which even further describes you, so you might... Um, Hunt outcasts. Yeah, or... Um, Bear a halo of fire, mm-hmm. or control magnetism, or uh, there's a lot of options. Yeah. Um, and there are specific ones you choose, uh, though you mm-hmm. could reword them or make your own, but the ones that there are to choose from pretty much cover what you would want to choose. <laughs> yeah. um, and those grant you additional abilities, um, and perhaps items that you start out with. And at that point, you have a pretty fleshed-out character. But in addition, each one of those words that you choose presents you with a certain um, selection of how you've come into this adventure and your relationship with the other characters. Yeah. So you automatically become connected to the story and the rest of your party. Through those choices as well, or subsets from those choices, which is really cool. Yeah. And something, too, that was interesting for myself in this case was that you just had us pick from those lists, so it was like, okay, here we go, like, this is this is what I got, and uh, you let me know how that character looks, I guess. Yes. <laughs> so for our first time, we, uh... <coughs> there it goes. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> so our, for our first session, I gave them lists of what they would be able to choose from if they were making their characters, and decided to make the characters pre-made for about 90% of the character, um, to speed things up for our first right. session. Which is so super helpful. They had a whole big list to choose from, but they didn't get to preview their abilities or anything. No. <laughs> they just got to make a one-sentence description of their character. Yeah. It was really good. <laughs> I think it was a really good way to do it, because yeah. that's... That's the essence of the cipher yeah. system. So that, At its core. That, yeah, that's that it. description mm-hmm. is key. So, that was really, really good. I liked that part about it a lot. So, And playing the cipher system is all about exploration. Yes. It rewards exploration um, through discovery. XP is earned through discovery in this game, not through killing monsters, uh, not necessarily through quests, but through learning and finding new things. Um, and that's why they award XP. That's what the game wants you to do. Uh, and you find these things called ciphers, which are special items that let you do cool stuff. They could be potions, they could be magic items, they could be Danlian weapons, whatever the setting Whole mix of dictates. Things, yes. um, so that's really cool. But the way the XP works... Is you can award XP for various things, but the major way to get XP is through GM intrusions. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
on a side note before you get into that, because okay. that, that's a awesome topic and I want you to talk about it, mm-hmm. um, because it's such an interesting way to do it, but in regards to XP for a character, not only do you get XP, but you can give XP. So you get an XP point, and then you can give one of your fellow players an XP point, which is Correct. really interesting. Whenever a GM intrusion happens. Yes, and and that makes and keeps the game a lot more interesting, too, for the players, because it's like, oh, I got a reward. Well, so do you! <laughs> like, <laughs> and, that's, and that can work well in terms of you know, making sure that everybody can can get up there and, uh-huh. and do more in terms of exploring and yep. kicking ass. <laughs> so, but you don't just spend XP to boost your abilities. Nope, you don't. <laughs> you can choose to spend an XP to forego the intrusion, which you might want to do because the intrusion is an obstacle the GM puts in your path. Because yeah. <laughs> why not? Now, granted, you're not supposed to be a dick about it, but your job as GM is to make the game challenging. At least that's part of the job. So GM intrusions allow you to do that and reward your players. So you automatically have to reward the players if you're making their life harder. Which is great. (laughs) Well, can be. (laughs) Now, if they roll a natural one, they bring an intrusion in upon themselves. So there are even more intrusions that way. Mm -hmm. Um, NG intrusions are great because they're they're not specifically defined. No. Just you choose a way in which whatever is happening becomes harder geared towards a certain character, a specific character, mm-hmm. so that you award that character the XP, and they can award their friend an XP. And something that I want to mention in terms of that, we were talking about being able to resupply your pools, and mm-hmm. the way you do that is, you know, you, you spend an action, you spend 10 minutes of rest, you know, an hour, 10 hours, whatever it may be. That's good and fine and great and dandy. <laughs> However, in a normal, let's say, D&D setting, you wouldn't necessarily, even though the world is still turning and they're still, you know, lurking in the shadows, the big bad or whatever it happens to be, we wouldn't necessarily get attacked. In this, we can get attacked. You can do an intrusion when we're trying to take, oh, well, we did an action. I'm going to take another ten minutes and just really quick, guys... Well, actually, guys, there's an intrusion, which is super interesting and great because the world around you doesn't stop. Exactly. <laughs> so that's really cool for me because th- you never th- know it. if it's really safe to take <laughs> exactly an extra so. ten minutes. It's a chance. You're or taking that extra a hour. Yeah. So that I like about it too, especially since you could just decide, you know, oh, you're going to take an hour. Well, guess what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You haven't moved from the you, you haven't moved from the bloody battlefield. <laughs> well, guess what? Something's curious. <laughs> so that's a really interesting part to it too. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact too for this game. Just as examples, uh-huh. it takes some really great aspects of D anD D, and it takes some really great aspects of, for example, Monster of the Week. And it takes some simple ideas and boils it down to make the game run more smoothly. Like we were talking about the the D twenty. You just yeah. roll one one dice. You don't have to worry about adding. There's that, which is great. 
but also the storytelling aspect from uh, similar to Monster Very of the Week. Loose exactly. Scene aspect. Yes. Even in the book, they describe a like it has rounds like D and D. Right. It structures exactly. it, mm-hmm. but a round is five to ten seconds right. in cipher, and what you do time wise isn't really super important. It, yeah. What it comes down to is an action that you take that requires a roll. Yes. And I like that. Character-wise, I like that because it's, it's a little more loose and it's a little more freeing to be able to do what you want to do. But within a structure. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So it still works really well. Very simple and, structure. And like we were talking about, it's defined yet not defined. So, And that's, that's a lot of what I've come to realize with Cypher and I love about it. Yeah. That's really good. I like that a lot, a lot about it. For those of you who haven't played, get on it. <laughs> yeah. And if you're looking to play, you can you can either get the Strange. Um, I actually want to get the Strange and Numenera. I mean, why not? They're both, well, <laughs> if you look into the worlds, they're pretty cool. Um, but you also have Gods of the Fall, which I have from yes. the Kickstarter. Which, pretty much, the realm of the gods fell to the planet. Kind of destroyed everything that was going on for the good people. Uh, made life a living hell for a lot of people. And has made things rough on the planet. Um, but there are people who may have a spark of divinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're coming back. And not everyone really appreciates or likes that. Uh, so there's a whole <laughs> aspect to that setting that is unique to the setting that they've put on to Cypher um, to make it slightly different. Really cool. The other one that we're going to get from the Kickstarter, as soon as it comes out in this fall, I believe, September, October, um, is Predation. I can't wait. (laughs) Where a bunch of, like, bioengineers and other scientists get stuck back in time and end up genetically engineering cyborg dinosaurs and whatnot. To uh, help them survive and fight each other. and It's basically future science in the prehistoric era. Which... Which I, is dangerous. Dangerous, but... It involves you, dinosaurs. That's going to be amazing to play. Like, it's going to be so fun. I can't, I can't wait. <laughs> like, oh, T-Rex with robotic arms and lasers? That's that's not a thing that goes... Oh, no, this this is the place for it. I believe that would be that unstoppable sticker mm. that you see all the time. <laughs> I am now unstoppable. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That's going to be a real thing. Perfect. <laughs> um, I can't wait to play that. And we will be recording that for Untamed Dice. Yes. We will do a one-shot um, somewhere between two and four sessions, probably. Yeah. Um, where these fools try not to get eaten by dinosaurs. I mean, we're gonna... Or blown up by lasers. No. No, it won't happen. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> Calling it out. Not gonna happen. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it's just the first one to die. I'm, I Usually. mean, that's just a general rule, really. <laughs> Can we get it <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you know, you brought it upon yourself. As Somebody has to be the sacrifice, and it's mostly me, <laughs> but I sacrifice the rest of you don't have to. <laughs> that's, I guess that's one that's way. That's how I have to look at it, Crowley. That that's is how one I way of looking at it. <laughs> um, I don't think there's really any other 
mechanics to cover in this no. game. Um, we not could without, get into very specifics. Yeah, not without diving too deep. <laughs> um, but I don't think we really need to. Um, so we're going to finish this free portion. Yes. Bottom line for Cypher, though, pick it up if you get a chance. Check it out. It's good for different different genres. Get the core so, book. Yeah, get the core book, but good for different genres. So if you've got a campaign that you want to try, give it a shot with this. And as a note, if I'm remembering collect- correctly... The Strange and Numenera books do not require the core book to play. Something to look into, definitely. Um, because I'm pretty sure the right. core book was yeah. developed from, like, afterwards. That's the system they're right. based in, but the core book came later. However, I can guarantee you that Gods of the Fall Predation, and I want to say Unmasked, but don't quote me on it, those do require the core book. Mm-hmm. Um, because they utilize those rules and reference those rules and pages and abilities without reprinting text. So anything that's not original for the setting in those books will be in the core book. So if you want to play in one of those settings, you're going to need two books. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you do for the Stranger Nominera. But double check before you buy anything, obviously. Yeah. So. Um, but definitely check it out. Try it out. It's an awesome game. Uh, Monte Cook Games is where you can find it, yes. and it's worth it. It's that's worth we're it gonna just to try. we're gonna leave the free preview portion of the show, um, and take a break. Yes, uh, I am the Wandering Alchemist, John Crowley, Forty uh, Second Alchemist on Twitter, and you can email me at jcrowley three one zero four two at gmail dot com if you have any topics, questions, or comments. And I, yet again, am Erin. I can be found on Twitter at UntamedScribe. And I can also be... Emailed? Emailed. That's the word. I mean, you were having trouble with... No, I know. Words. I know. It's just nice. Uh, I'm not the only one who's struck. I did that for you. <laughs> um, also, uh, by email at Erin.Ross, that's R-O-S-S, 88, at gmail.com. And also... Um, shoot me an email if you have any questions, concerns. We definitely welcome any kind of discussion or topics. Anything. Yes, topics. We love topics. Yeah. Um, so we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back for the patrons. Thanks for listening. <laughs>